is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate. The free fall down the League One table continues. Whipped in to the edge of the box. Nobody's picked up Grant. It's played goal bound. Still there in the six-yard box. And this time it's stabbed into the net. And it's Jack Tucker who scored his first goal for MK Dons. Things are going from bad to worse at Bratton Park. It's Portsmouth nil, MK Dons 2. That's now six without victory in the league for Pompey, who have picked up just one win from their last 11. The Blues now sit 10th heading into Christmas following Saturday's defeat, coupled with results elsewhere, and despite a naff decision or two from the officials at the weekend, Danny Cowley admits that his side were nowhere near the level he expects them to perform at. We can't concede two soft goals from set pieces and expect to win the game. So it doesn't matter what our play is like between the boxes, it becomes irrelevant when you can see goals like that. A full post-mortem of that loss to come between now and seven, as well as a few bits to highlight from elsewhere over the weekend too, including a big win for the Pompey women. We'll hear from Jay Sadler after yesterday's FA Women's National League Cup win over Oxford United. If you sit back against this Oxford team, then they will punish you. Towards the end, we've had to do that. We've had to revert the shape and they throw more numbers high. And in the end, it was resilient, it was resolute, it was determined, and it was a Pompey performance. Baffin's Milton Rovers boss Danny Thompson will also be on the show tonight. He caught up with our very own Paul Marsh earlier today to speak about their win at the weekend as well. So be sure to stick around because for the next 60 minutes or so, you are in good company. A very good evening and welcome to Express FM. You're listening to a football hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Well, a very good evening and welcome once again to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Driven to you, as always, by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app right now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can locate your nearest bus stop and even prepay for your ticket as well. More information can also be found on their website, stagecoachbus.com. Well, you join us here at five past six currently on this Monday evening, just, what, six days before Christmas and Pompey in action again at the weekend in League One for the first time uh, since England were knocked out of the World Cup. Of course, uh, nine days ago, the three Lions knocked out of the quarterfinal stage to France, the eventual runners-up of the competition. And uh, that, of course, knockout meaning we had full focus on our club um, measures and, of course, Pompey defeating Stevenage by three goals to nil in the Papa John's Trophy last Tuesday. That set up a uh, a tie against Milton Keynes-Dons in League One on Saturday afternoon. Prior to kick-off, the Blues had won just one of their previous ten league matches, although 
still unbeaten at Fratton Park in League One since January the 31st. A managerless Milton Keynes Don returned to Fratton Park three weeks after they were defeated by three goals to two in the FA Cup. Now led by interim boss Dean Lewington, and they were looking to cause even more pain for Danny Cowley's side. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately pompy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. And we are just about ready to get this underway. MK Dons are kicking towards the Fratton end in this first half. Long ball forward from Robertson and MK Dons will just head that one out of play. And Pompey have got themselves a throw level with the penalty area on the left-hand side. And Pat to try and launch one in towards the penalty area. There are two inside the six-yard boxes. Pack throw is a good one. Ogilvy attacked it, can't get there. Hume will hit it. Save, loose, saved again. And still there and coming gets it at the third time. And how are Pompey not open the deadlock? <laughs> Chance for McEachern to deliver. Clary joined Chelsea as a seven-year-old. There was real high hopes of him as a youngster. Now he's got the chance to put the ball in. A good whip cross to the far post and headed in. And MK Dons have taken the lead and Bradley Johnson just stooped in at the far post. There was no shortage in Pompey numbers there, but they couldn't get their head to the ball. And Portsmouth find themselves behind. It's Portsmouth nil. MK Dons won. Ball looking for Caroma. Won't find him. Tucker got there first. But the ball's fallen for Mingi. And Mingi tries to play Caroma in. And the ball will fall for Caroma. And he'll put it in the net. But the flag has gone. And Pompey pointing out and they're all surrounding the referee because that pass has not come off the foot of Jay Mingi, it's come off Karoma, but I don't see how a goal could be given because surely the whistle was blown even if the referee's got this one wrong. Hackett's going in the book. Even though Karoma puts it in the net, the whistle's gone and MK Dons are going to have a free kick. Colby Bishop's trying to explain to the re- assistant referee. Clark Robertson is in there. He's the one as the captain with a bit more authority. The Pompey players were incensed by the decision. Dons could be on a breakaway here. Pack slides in, needing to win the ball. But Pompey have played it terribly. And there's a great chance for Connor Grant to make it two for MK Dons. And Josh Griffith saves Portsmouth. What was Robertson doing? Terrible header. Issa, he's still got the ball. Has he committed a foul? No, it's still there. Grant might get a second go here. Issa, is he onside? He's pushed wide. He's down by the dead ball line. The danger's not completely over. But it looks like it's behind for a corner. Josh Griffiths has made a vital save for Pompey to keep it 1-0. Change is coming. Danny Cowley's looks on the bench. They need to defend this first, though. Whipped in to the edge of the box. Nobody's picked up Grant. It's played goal bound. Still there in the six-yard box. And this time, it's stabbed into the net. And it's Jack Tucker who scored his first goal for MK Dons. Pompey couldn't get the corner clear. Things are going from bad to worse at Bratton Park. It's Portsmouth nil, MK Dons 2. Curtis trying to keep it in. There's no really even go. And he's happy enough to win himself a throw. And there are those boos at full time. And they are loud. And there's shouting down towards the touchline to Danny Cowley. It is a bitterly disappointing afternoon for Portsmouth. They have been beaten and well beaten by second bottom MK Dons by two goals to nil. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aquacars.
Highlights there from the weekend's 2-0 defeat to MK Dons at Fratton Park. Then looking at results elsewhere of the games that did take place in League One. Of course, a couple of them falling uh, foul to the weather and the, the frozen pitches up and down the country. But we did get a fair few on uh, in League One on Saturday. Barnsley were 2-0 winners over Burton Albion. Likewise, the same scoreline for Bolton Wanderers. They were 2-0 victors over Exeter City. Charlton won Bristol Rovers 2. Derby County thrashed Forest Green Rovers by four goals to nil. Plymouth Argo were 2-1 winners over Morecambe. Sheffield Wednesday at Oxford United share the spoils in a 0-0 draw at Hillsborough. And Wickham won Ipswich Town 0 at Adams Park. Of course, Pompey 0, MK Dons 2 at Fratton Park. Leaving the table looking like this. Plymouth returned to the summit on 47 points after 22 games played. Ipswich also played 22 games there on 45 points in second, with Sheffield Wednesday in 43 points. Barnsley are fourth with two games in hand on the top three. They have 36 points. Bolton and Derby County make up the remaining playoff positions in 5th and 6th respectively. In 7th, we have Wickham Wanderers with Peterborough down in 8th as well. Bristol Rovers in ninth position, unbeaten in their last five in League One. Two wins on the trot for them. And Pompey, uh, one place below them in tenth position. 29 points and a plus four goal difference. Three games in hand on the majority of sides above them, including Joe Barton's Bristol Rovers up in ninth place. So overall this season, after 19 games for Pompey, uh, seven wins, eight draws, and four defeats, eight draws. Uh, that is the second uh, or the third most amount of draws that anyone has picked up in League One this season. Morecambe and Accrington uh, and Charlton, sorry, picked up nine draws with Fleetwood with 11. So Pompey, one of the draw specialists in the division at the moment. And as the form guide goes over the last five games, Pompey would be in the relegation zone. Just one win in their last 11 league matches. And just to make things a little bit more grimmer, 29 points on the table. That is five points behind the playoff positions and 16 points behind the top two. They're closer to the relegation zone. Forest Green Rovers in 21st, who have 20 points, nine points away from them are the Blues. They're closer to the relegation zone than they are the top two in League One, despite, of course, those three games in hand. But enough of uh, the statistics and the, the worrying statistics of that as well. It's time to welcome in my two guests for this evening's conversation. And first of all, good welcome uh, on back onto the show. Good evening to Mr. Sam Macy. Sam, thank you very much for calling in tonight. No worries, buddy. It's uh, always good to be here with you, um, even if I'm not there in person this time. Um, yeah, hopefully can cheer the mood up speaking to you tonight um, after... What a terrible performance it was on Saturday. Yeah, I, I challenge you, Sam. Um, that is the challenge <laughs> I'm going to set to you. If, you. if you can try and lighten the spirits here um, in the studio and to those listening back home, that was Pompey's final game before uh, before Christmas. Of course, the next match is Exeter away on Boxing Day. Of course, we've got tomorrow's um, Hampshire Senior Cup tie at Andover New Street as well. There's going to be quite a few academy youth players involved in that one. But in terms of the senior team, Sam, looking to go into that Christmas break with a little bit of cheer a little bit a little bit of positivity it wasn't necessarily going to be a result if one was going to be achieved but was going to necessarily change completely the spirits of the fan base given the the run that the blues have been of late but a win really you'd, you'd expect against an mk don side who went in to kick off in 23rd position yeah i mean if 
there's no shame in losing to MK Dons of last season, but this season they've been a completely different beast, and it's mm. it's, it's 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 a bit it's it's just hard to fathom that that we beat them at Fran Park relatively convincingly in the FA Cup only a couple of weeks ago, and and I think it's it's just very frustrating sort of seeing the the, the change in performance from that game, and for some reason in the league we just can't seem to get over that line, and I think Pomp fans are starting to get a bit frustrated with it. Um, and it's it, we seem to do this every se- every season, start well and then sort of tail off towards Christmas. Um, no doubt that they'll probably put a, put a few results together and then bring us back down to earth towards the end of the season when it's crunch time. Yeah, uh, and also here to give us his opinion alongside Sam Macy this evening, we've got uh, our very own commentator from the Pompey Audio Description Service and Hospital Radio. Very good evening to yourself. And Mark Coates also uh, calling in tonight. Mark, a pleasure as always to, to have you on the football hour this evening, my friend. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on, Jake. And uh, I tell you what, Sam has um, Sam can definitely work some Christmas magic if he can lighten the mood because that was abysmal, wasn't it? I looked at you at the end of it, and mm. normally it will be, "Ah, oh, see you later, Jake. Catch you next time." I don't think either of us said a word. We just gave each other a look <laughs> at the end. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. It was something you, else. I'm not sure you're thanking me for for inviting you on the show is necessarily uh, a, a true a true thanks because we've got a lot of. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not really a cheery one, is it, tonight, Mark? As, as you've quite rightfully alluded to, is it, you know the atmosphere at the end of that game um, on, on Saturday, not just within you know, really the press box, but at, at the entire Fratton Park, you could tell there was a sour taste left on on, on the fans at, at the full-time whistle. And, and if we're being honest, Mark, the, the fans that were left in the stadium, because you know from, from the 75th minute onwards, really, there seemed to be quite a quite a bit of an exodus from, from PO4 on Saturday of, of fans leaving and I don't know, I, 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 I'd always say never leave a game early, you can never really tell what's going to happen in the final sort of embers of any match, you know, football's a funny old game, but you can't really blame the fans for doing so on Saturday, it was nothing really short of, of abysmal, there's no sugarcoat in it really, it was a really bad performance. Well, I was I was trying to think when the last time was the atmosphere was so toxic and we had so many fans leave early and I'm struggling. I, I, I need to. I can't remember. It's all losing up. Well, I'm losing my memory these days as I get older. But I, was it that bad at the end of the jacket era? And I'd urge any fans listening to try and get onto social media and tell us when was the last time it was that toxic and mm. the fans booing. And as you say, the ones that were left. It was. It must have been half the stadium was empty before the final whistle. Mm. Uh, and, and I can't. I can't remember anything that bad. And a lot of that comes down to Sam. It was a defeat for Pompey, of course, on Saturday. Goals either side of the half-time break. And it wasn't a defeat where you could come away from it and think, OK, the Blues have been a bit unlucky here. We've been you know, maybe done over by a refereeing decision. We'll talk about the the decision not to give Josh Caroma the goal in the second half at 1-0 down and, and the offside flag that was raised for that one. We will come on to talk about that, don't get me wrong, but you don't really come away from that game and think that we were hard done by because MK full value for their win. Um, but at the same time, as you you know quite rightfully mentioned a few moments ago, Sam, you'd expect to be beaten aside in such terrible form. Both Pompey and MK going into the game um, hadn't won a league game since October 25th. And if any of them are going to pick up that win, you'd expect it to be beside that we're currently eighth on the table. Yeah, that's it. I think sometimes you can sort of look at performance and think, yeah, we did this well, we did that well, but I, I, I'm struggling to think of anything which we did well on, on, on Saturday, to be honest. I think as a team, it was just, it just lacked, it lacked anything really. There's, there's no fight. There was no desire. It's, it's, it's just, it just wasn't, wasn't a Pompey performance and especially a Pompey performance under the Cowleys. I think mm. they, they, they sort of speak a lot about how they want us to have a team, which we're proud of, 
um, and want, wants to represent the city. And there was none of that on Saturday. If, if, if that's what's representing the city, then I, I don't think anyone anyone wants to watch it. Oh, yeah. Um, going back to sort of the events off Saturday, then Mark will start off with uh, MK Don's opening goal, 34th minute. Bradley Johnson um, from a corner, quite a scrappy one, really, and one of which you, you look at the defending from that corner, that set piece, and really everyone looked to have just fallen asleep. And I think it was Marlon Pack and Enrico Hackett, the two players closest to Bradley Johnson, tucking home from somewhat five yards out. And, and that's not really the defending you'd expect from a side, which, you know, as we're led to believe, are supposed to be chasing promotion this season. You, you can, of course, you can knock a, um, the, the odd goal or two throughout an entire season. But as you mentioned previously, this is something we've seen over the last few weeks or so now. This isn't a, an, an, an anomaly. This is uh, something we've unfortunately grown a little bit too accustomed with. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it, that Cowley, from by all accounts, is quite thorough, he's quite strategic, and yet we we couldn't deliver when it came to set pieces, and we and we couldn't defend them either. I thought in, in open play we actually built quite a nice sort of semicircle um, around uh, around our goal, and it was very difficult for them to penetrate. And the goal, is, I think you, you said earlier, was their first first attempt on target, and it, and it went straight in. But but defending from set pieces, we just aren't getting there first, and I find that. I find that odd. Maybe this is the set pieces seem to be um, open play. We couldn't penetrate, but we could defend. Set pieces are Achilles' heel. I don't know why that's going so wrong. Yeah, uh, Mark, Sam, thank you both very much. We're going to hear more from you two in just a few moments' time. Don't forget, back home, pick up your phones, pick up your laptops, get involved with the show between now and 7 o'clock. We've got a few messages coming in already. Thank you very much to those. We're going to read them out in part two. But if you haven't done so already, please do so. We don't bite. We'd love to hear from you. 81400 is our text number. Start your messages with the word express. Otherwise, we quite simply will not get it. Add your name at the end of those texts as well. You can email sport at expressfm.com tweet using at expressfm or you can find us on facebook uh, facebook.com forward slash pompey live when we do return from this very quick ad break we're going to hear more from both sam and mark you guys from back home as well and blues head coach danny cowley he will be providing reaction to saturday's 2-0 defeat to the mk dons and was fully expectant of the resulting backlash we haven't won enough in the league recently so we deserve the criticism that we got and that we're going to get and uh for us we're a good group we're honest we're hard working we'll go back to the training pitch and we'll keep working don't go anywhere. The Football Hour returns in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach Bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. Welcome back to 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the Footblower with myself, Jake Smith, alongside Blues fans Sam Macy and Mark Coates, all the way until 7 o'clock this evening, providing a full debrief of Pompey's 2 0 defeat to MK Dons at the weekend. And of course, the show this season is sponsored by Stagecoach Across the South. You can either download their app right now from the Apple App or Google Play Store, or you can visit their website, Stagecoach Bus. 
Com for even more information on the services they can provide to you in your area. So we've heard a lot from Sam and Mark so far on the show this evening. We've teased a little bit from Danny Cowley. We're going to hear from the Blues head coach in just a few moments' time. But let's get to the text, tweets and emails first of all. And we're going to start off with uh, Zach on the emails. Thank you very much, Zach, for, uh, for getting in touch. Hi, Jake. I know um, this email sent a little bit earlier. I know you did send this on Saturday evening. Zach, thank you very much for getting in touch. Uh, but of course, yeah, we're going to read it out tonight of course uh, yesterday's atmosphere at Fratton Park was the worst I've ever seen or heard in over 20 years of going uh, to Fratton Park the team looked lost the fans were absolutely silent and it took a handful of, a handful of MK Dons fans to sing where is your famous atmosphere for one chance to be sung the players need to take a look at themselves for that performance on Saturday and so does Danny Cowley his choice of a starting 11 and substitutions were mind-boggling saying this I do disagree with fans calling for the Cowleys to be sacked what well, who do Pompey fans think we will get instead of them who is better especially at this time of year this is where Pompey fans uh, in my opinion can be a little bit fickle at times that's according to Zach on the emails we absolutely loved the Cowleys a while ago and when things don't go to plan we turn on the manager and wanting gone, gone straight away. If you were a Pompey player on that pitch and heard the atmosphere, what good would it do to you? It certainly would not lift your spirits, would it? Thank you very much uh, for your email tonight, Zach. Really appreciate you getting in touch. We've also got uh, Linda Mail on the email as well. That was an embarrassing shambles. The goals we gave away were terrible. I don't expect to win every game, but I do expect our players to give their all, which I cannot say that happened on Saturday. This kind of display has been happening over the last few weeks, but we have managed to get away with a point or so with the exception of these cup games. We've been going backwards in the league and this is re uh, relegation form. The players don't seem to understand or play the tactical way they've been sent out to play. We've got to sort it out before it's too late. Thank you very much, Linda. Uh, on the emails, let's gauge the opinion of both Sam uh, and Mark joining us on the Football Hour then this evening. Mark, we'll start off with yourself and, and really feed off what Linda's emailed in there. And we'll, we'll really start off with... Um, well, the game on Saturday, yes, Linda's highlighted it was a shambles. The goals given away were terrible. We st we've spoken about the open, but let's go on to the second goal. Um, that was, of course, scored uh, in the second half, 64th minute, Jack Tucker. After what was an actually decent save for, from Josh Griffiths, deserves a lot of credit for not only that save, but his performance throughout the entire 90. Not a goalkeeper deserving of conceding two goals in that game, but just really, really amateurish D defending to to concede, we we spoke about the first goal, but that second goal after what was a huge let off um, originally that save from Josh Griffiths to then hand MK Dons it really on a plate to to double their advantage. That's yeah, that's that's a really poor way to go about it. And that really set the precedent for what was going to be a, a very difficult final twenty five minutes to get back into that game. Yeah, we were second to the ball, weren't we? And I, I know we haven't brought it up yet, but the fans have been talking about the uh, reasoning behind Cowley's decision to put Morrison on and have Raggett off. Now, I know he hasn't played as well as he can, uh, but I think that was surprising. He's just that bit quicker at the back. And we've got one of the oldest back lines. I mean, I, I'm sure you do the same, Jake. Every single time you come to a game, you're looking at the ages and the career paths of all the guys yeah. that are, that are you know, on the on the opposition because mm. we, you know, we may be seeing some of them for the first time, and I think the average, just about everyone in the MK Don side was twenty three, yeah. uh, and actually we get quite a lot of young players in this league, and then you get a couple of older heads. In this case, Johnson for MK Dons. Mm. We've got the oldest backline I think I've seen so far this season. Does that sort of tally up with with your research before games? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, we talk about the um, the experience and the sort of championship sort of experience, but likes of Clark Robertson, Michael Morrison, of course, Sean Ragger, mm. uh, previous player under Danny Cowley. We know that. I think the exception being uh, probably, you know, Zach Swanson signed this season from Arsenal previously mm. and under mm. 23 at theirs. But no, you're totally right in regards to, uh, you know, even Joe Rafferty when he comes back into beside um, someone who's been sort of around the block in the championship and League One for the past sort of decade or so. And, and yeah, certainly going up against these other League One teams like MK Dons on Saturday, they've lost a, a few key players from the gen, uh, from the summer transfer window, sorry, one of which being Scott Twine. That probably brings down their, their sort of average age within their squad, mm. if you'd like, to, to, to quite a dramatic, yeah, as you mentioned, 23 or so. But certainly the backline Pompey have got um, probably one of the oldest, or depends how you look at it, one of the most experienced, Mark. But look oh, at that. They're always look, second look, to the ball. Yeah, that look, was my point. Exactly. You know? Yeah, no, that's what I was about to say. Look, looking to yeah. Saturday, we, we can say they're the most experienced, but are they are they displaying symptoms of, of looking like the most experienced? Because you, you wouldn't necessarily think that based upon, as you mentioned, second to the ball on Saturday, maybe a bit slow to react to, to certain runs and certain reactions from, from opposing attackers. And of course, the decisions made on Saturday were, were clearly not the right ones to, to be winning that game. So no, you, you're certainly right to right to question that, Mark. What did when you I make, also, what... and, I, and I look at midfield as well, and Marlon mm. Pack started, when he started at the beginning of the season, I thought it's basically cheating us having him in the side. You know, <laughs> I thought he was exceptional. Or, uh, midfield general hmm. pulling all the strings, talking to the other players. He looked tired and um, just out of out of joint uh, on on Saturday. Yeah. And Jay Mingi looked better, and he's one of the younger players. Um, and Rico Hackett, I thought, was off the pace a bit, but he still looked, you know, he's still on his toes. I, I just, I wonder a little bit about the age of the squad if that's why we've dipped and if that's why we're second to the ball at the back. It's just a thought. I don't, I don't know what other fans think. Absolutely. If you, if you do have a thought on that, Pompey fans listening back home, get in touch. Eight one four hundred. Our text number. Start your messages with the word Express. Email at sport at expressfm.com. Tweet at expressfm as well. Facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Are you concerned about the average age within this Pompey squad, particularly? at the back as well um, speaking of that um, defensive decision the, the tactical decision from Danny Cowley uh, as Mark quite rightfully mentioned there Sam um, Sean Raggett dropped to the bench and we heard from him post game speaking to Andy Moon here on Pompey Live we're going to hear his interview with Max Swatton in just a few moments time his, his decision for the Sean Raggett dropping for, um, for for Clark Robertson Michael Morrison to line up at the back was, was a tactical one Clark Robertson um, presumed to be um, a better ball playing defender to getting the balls up forward and and, and given the the height and, and the sort of talent that MK Dons have got up top that was Danny Cowley's decision now hindsight's a wonderful thing Sam but were you sort of at kickoff when looking at the team sheet were you in agreement with, with that with that decision or do you think Sean Raggett's one of those but maybe despite the league form should be one of the first names on the team sheet I mean I think he's he's been excellent the, the whole time he's been at the club and I think I think I remember Danny Cowley saying a month or two ago that if you've got Sean Raggett, you play him. And it sort of just contradicted what what, what he sort of said. I can't remember which game it was after, but I'm pretty sure he said something along, along those lines. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. You, when you do have three good League One centre-offs, it's always going to be tough for someone to miss out. And it's just unfortunate that it was Raggett. But I think for me, Raggett's the first name on the team sheet, especially mm-hmm. defensively. Him and Ogilvy, I think, have been under the Cowleys, they've been sort of the, the two mm-hmm. cornerstones of, of, of that defence. And I think it's it's, it's it's just a bit bizarre that he dropped him. I think obviously the form's been up and down and a bit shaky, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say that Sean Raggett's performed any worse than anyone else on the side. And I think it was it, it, it was quite harsh, in my opinion, to drop him. But 
I mean, the experience of Morrison. If 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 he if we win, he looks like a genius. If he, if we don't, which which we haven't, then people people in their in what in their rights to question it. Mm. We've spoken about two goals, of course. Then Mark, we've gone through them, and we've we've quite clearly mentioned that you know Saturday's defeat was um was a was a deserved one for Pompey. No no way were they um you know any any deserving of a point or more from that game on Saturday. Um, but one one big talking point from that second half at one nil down, um, Josh Caroma had the ball in the back of the MK Don's net, um, albeit the the referee's whistle was blown um, a, a couple of seconds before Josh Caroma was able to to net that one. So obviously not counted. The decision, the verdict was offside. The fourth official, the linesman, uh, sorry, on the far side towards the north stand, running towards the fratten end, has seen Josh Caroma in an offside position. Now, just to clarify, yes, Josh Caroma was in an offside position when the ball was fed through to him. Um, the ball then did ricochet off an MK Don's defender who attempted to intercept the ball um, to stop the ball ending up at Josh Caroma's feet. It wasn't a deflection that the defender didn't know about. It was quite clear the intent um, that he was making for that. Uh, as a result, that changed the path of the ball. It fell to Josh Caroma, who had a one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper. Now, Mark, before I do gauge your opinion on this, we're going to go through the sort of the rules and the laws that are currently in place for offside. If a player is deemed to deliberately intercept a ball or play a ball, despite the offside position of any player, that player would therefore be automatically onside if that defender has deemed to be deliberately playing a ball. Um, so in that position, Josh Caroma is technically onside. The, the linesman has flagged for offside, but the referee has blown his whistle. And after the game, he apologised to Danny Cowley for making such a rash and quick decision, instigating that maybe the goal should be allowed based upon the fact that the defenders intercepted it deliberately and therefore put Josh Caroma onside. What do you make of that one? It's a, it's a difficult one. It's a grey area. You can understand why there's people questioning it and, and saying that Josh Caroma shouldn't have the goal allowed, which it, of course wasn't. But do you think Pompey were hard done by with that one? Not necessarily in terms of a result, but just the goal itself. Well, I think we have got players that can actually make a difference and, and Chrome is one of them. We've seen him score a couple of crackers before and... Um... Uh, I remember one in the Fratton end where he just curled it in. He had no right to at all from just outside the area. And he, and he finished this lovely as well. And, and I think that, that from everything I've heard and everything I've seen, it was absolutely a goal. We hit the woodwork at the other end as well. I think it was Robertson mm. who, who clipped it in. Um, we, we were not outclassed. We were just outplayed mm. and outworked, I think. And we looked jaded and tired and sloppy. Um, and I think... It's disappointing that we didn't get that. I could never see us winning this game. And it would have been another draw and there'd have still been frustration. Not quite the toxic reaction we saw. Um, but yeah, absolutely was a goal. Um, and I feel more for Coroma, actually, um, than, than Pompey uh, per se, because I, I think that he had some flashes where he played very well and I like him up front. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Sam. And thank you to those who have got in touch, uh, in touch via the text, tweets, and emails so far um, throughout the course of tonight's show. We're going to come on to hear even more of them very, very shortly. But first, we're going to hear the post match thoughts of that man, Danny Cowley, who caught up with Max Swatton at the weekend. And he was first asked how he was feeling after the full time whistle at Fratton Park. Yeah, really disappointing. Um, two really soft goals that we conceded. Thought we had a good way into the game, had control, conceded with their first attack, which has happened too many times to us. And then, yeah, I thought we um, we, we we found our momentum again and got back into the game. 
couple of decisions went against us and then uh, yeah maybe we lose our discipline and conceded a really soft second goal and then uh, yeah from there on yeah we, we probably played hopeful football and yeah we're, we're, we're disappointed this evening There was an offside incident in the second half do you have anything to say on that one? No I'd rather put the focus on the things that we can control I think there's two really poor decisions one in each half both in moments where we go one-on-one, -on -one. obviously Josh scored the second goal, but the referee's just apologised to us to say that he'd already blown his whistle so he couldn't allow the goal to stand, even though it should have done. Um, but, but ultimately, you know, for us, we, we can't concede two soft goals from set pieces um, and expect to win the game. So it doesn't matter what our play is like between the boxes, it becomes irrelevant when you, when you concede goals like that. Just how frustrating is it knowing that it could have changed the perspective of the entire game? Yeah, of course, you know, the, the, the big moments in games um, always have a big influence on the outcome and the, and the, and the, and the momentum of the game. Um, they went against us today. You made three changes coming into the game. What was your thinking there? Just that Dane had been, been ill all week. Um, hence the reason he wasn't involved on Tuesday. Trained at the back end, but we just felt to, to use him from the, from the bench. I think for us, um, we wanted to play Clark in the middle. Um, we just felt that at home that would allow us to be more offensive. Clark's got a wonderful range of pass and it, we felt it would make us a little bit more purposeful. And yeah, we, 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 we felt Rico had, had, had done well enough to, to deserve his start. I thought we'd done well on Tuesday. Um, as did Josh Caroma, I thought Josh, Josh played well today. So um, yeah, that was, the, that was the reasoning behind it. Uh, what's wrong with Josh Caroma as well? He looks to come off with a, with a limp. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. It looks like it's, it's his quad, so we're just too early to, to, to make a diagnosis at the moment. We'll have to wait and see. And just finally, what work needs to be done in order to bounce back next week at Exeter? Yeah, well, listen, this is the first first loss at home since January, but we haven't won enough in the league recently, so we deserve the criticism that we we, we got and that we're going to get. And uh, for us, we're, we're a good group, we're honest, we're hard-working. We'll, um, we'll go back to the training pitch and we'll, we'll keep working. We, we, yeah, we, we believe in what we're doing, we believe in the way we're playing, um, we believe in ourselves and we'll uh, try to find the solutions. Yeah, the post-match thoughts of Blues head coach Danny Cowley there from Saturday's 2-0 defeat to MK Dons. I think we're going to bring it to, to an end there in regards to talking about Saturday's defeat to MK Dons. And of course, the next Blues game is on Boxing Day away at Exeter City. That is a three o'clock kickoff at St. James's Park. Pompey live back from 2pm. Myself and Robbie James, of course, joined alongside a special guest for that festive football at St. James's Park. If, to see if Pompey can try and pick up what would be just their second league win in 12 league matches and try to gain some gain some points and some positions on those above them. We can say them that week in, week out for the last month or two, haven't we? But um, yeah, that's the next game for the Blues. Um, before we do move on to the third and final part of the show, Sam, I do want to highlight something that we've seen on social media uh, from um, this afternoon, uh, this morning, in fact. Uh, Alan Nixon, the reputable uh, journalist, um, previously with the likes of The Sun, uh, just for example, reporting that the likes of West Brom, Birmingham City and Huddersfield are among some championship sides interesting and monitoring the performances of Jay Mingi, who we know is has uh, had a contract in the summer, an option to extend his contract we know is in place if both parties see fit. But yeah, championship interest for Jay Mingi. And after the form Pompey have been on of late Sam after Saturday's defeat, that is not what you want to be reading on a Monday morning. 
no, it's sort of kicking kicking us while we're down, isn't it? I think uh, he's been really good since he's come into the team. Obviously, he was sort of forced initially with the amount of injuries which we had in in that sort of area. But I, he, he sort of when players are out and you've got to take your chance. I think that's what he's done. And he's sort of a young player. He's dynamic on the ball. He's forward thinking. He likes to drive. And I think that goal last week against Stevenage just sort of showed what he, what he, what ability he has. And I think hopefully we can tie him down with that option at the end of the season. But it's clear to see why why teams higher want mm. him. And he, he's been excellent. I think he he, comp, he, he complements a lot of other midfielders. Um, yeah, it's not. It's, I think he could play in the championship as well, and that's that's sort of the issue. If we mm. if we want to keep these players, we've got to be showing that we're going to be challenging, and we might be in the championship next season. And for the time being, I I can com- completely understand if his head would, was to be turned purely based off performances on the pitch. Yeah, one of the first name names on the team sheet at the moment, uh, Mark. Considering of of course the injury crisis, Pompey have got a midfield with with Tom Lowry and Louis Thompson. But given Joe Morrell, Marlon Pack, Ryan Tunnicliffe, is Jay Mingy for you one of the, one of the first names on that team sheet at the moment? He's the informed player. What I find interesting is that we have this older squad, and yet for me, the Cowley's biggest strength is being bringing younger players on. Bazunu burst onto the scene with us. Uh, I think Griffiths is doing the same. I think that Zach Swanson has come through a slightly tricky start to look like a uh, a future uh, professional of um, of note. And 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 I think him and Scarlett will both have a wonderful career in the Premiership. Uh, and yet we don't have that many young players. And Mingi's another one. I think they've they've brought him through and played him to a strengths and he's starting to really shine at the moment he's one of the few positives in that Pompey squad okay thank you lads again we'll be back with you in just a few moments time in the third and final part of this evening's edition of the football when we do return we're going to be hearing from a couple of more um, guys and girls from the weekend's action of football as well we're going to hear from Danny Thompson manager of Baffins Milton Rovers after another great win for them on Saturday afternoon but also our very own Pompey Live pundit and Pompey women's head coach, Jay Sadler, after their 1-0 victory over Oxford United in the FA Women's National League Cup yesterday afternoon. The first team to beat Oxford all season. And he was asked by Max Swatton if the carrot of doing so made that victory that extra bit special. I wouldn't say it makes it any more sweeter. We're just happy to have beaten another top team. Watford are a top team, Ipswich are a top team, Oxford are a top team, and we've beaten all three this season. So it shows the levels or our standards where we can actually achieve and strive to be. We just need to do it on a consistent basis. More to come when the Football Hour returns for its conclusion here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus, go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach across the South, as of course this season throughout will Stagecoach South be supporting the Football Hour here on Express FM. Okay, so far on the show, we've had the thoughts of both Sam Macy and Mark Coates, as well as myself and Danny Cowley on yesterday's, or Saturday's rather, 2 0 defeat to the MK Dons at Fratton Park for Pompey now, just one win in their last 11 in League One, down to 10. 
event in the standings. The next take on Exeter City on Boxing Day, and we'll be coming to preview that game on the next edition of the Football Hour on Thursday evening. But moving on now, before we welcome the lads back into the conversation for the final few minutes, we're going to hear a bit more from Jay Sadler now after their brilliant victory over Oxford United in the FA Women's National League Cup yesterday afternoon. An unbeaten Southern Premier Division leaders Oxford United heading into the game in Cup and League competition. But Pompey were 1-0 victors thanks to a 34th minute goal from Jazz Younger. We're going to hear now from Jay Sadler with Max Swatton. Well, Jay, a smashing victory against Oxford. Your thoughts, first of all? Yeah, obviously really pleased. Um, we knew it was going to be a tough test. Oxford are a good team. The defensive record speaks volumes. Um, difficult to, to create chances against. And when the moments did come today, we knew we were going to have to take them. I think we started the game bright. We got in their faces. We pressed them high, turned the ball over. Several several kind of half-cut opportunities, nothing to really test the keeper. And then when the set-pieces came for us in the first half, we, we caused them problems. Um, and Jazz Younger at the front post does what she does best, getting her head on it. And, and then after that, it was just a case of staying in the game, um, being brave, um, stepping the line high, getting under pressure and, and trying to get a second goal. Um, if you sit back against this Oxford team, then they will punish you. Towards the end, we've had to do that. We've had to revert the shape. Um, they throw more numbers high. And in the end, it was resilient, it was resolute, it was determined and, and it was a pompy performance. Well, the first team to beat Oxford this season, how much more pleasing does that make it? Um, I wouldn't say it makes it any more sweeter. We're just happy to have beaten another top team. Um, Watford are a top team. Ipswich are a top team. Oxford are a top team. And we've beaten all three this season. So it shows the levels or, or our standards where we can actually achieve and, and, and strive to be. We just need to do it on a consistent basis. Today we went in with a game plan. The players, the starters and the players that came off, uh, came on, sorry, um, they executed it to a T. Um, even Nay Harney, she's, she's had to start a game that she hasn't in a while. She wasn't down to start the game. We picked up an injury in the warm-up and even from her just gritty performance all round a collective performance and when we outwork and we and we outfight teams and we earn the right to play and I think in moments we played some really good football I think we could still at times control the game better with the ball but that's something that we will aim to, to work on and, and continue our growth as a team and today marks the halfway point of the season how would you summarize our campaign so far I, you know, I think we're in a real good position. I think we've accepted the fact that we are in a title challenge. Um, there's some really good teams in our league. Um, it's competitive and everyone will take points off each other. But we set ourselves a goal at the start to, to be probably three, maybe four points off the leaders. And we're five. But today you'll bring a load of confidence into this group. Um, we've got a group of players that have quality. Um, a real good mentality, a good blend of, it, of enjoyment and, and striving to be the best we can be. Um, but hopefully a win like today will give us belief. I think that's the one thing that we've probably been lacking as a group is belief. But we've beaten a top team, a team that haven't been beaten this season, a team that don't give up chances and a team that score goals. Um, and we've kept them at bay and we've won the game. So obviously we're happy. We're happy to be in all competitions as well. We've got a, a difficult test after Christmas in London City. But like I said, this this game now, what is it? Six wins on the bounce in all comps. So we're, we're really happy with that. Going in with a load of confidence and we've got nothing to lose against London City, but obviously everything to gain. There you go, the post-match thoughts of Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler after their impressive 1-0 victory over Oxford United um, yesterday afternoon in the FA Women's National League Cup. Uh, moving on now, and we're going to hear from uh, the manager of Baffins Milton Rovers, Danny Thompson, after their uh, also another impressive victory for another Pompey side. They were 4-1 winners over Bournemouth on Saturday afternoon. They've been on a rich vein of form of late. And our very own Paul Marsh, uh, who hosts the show here, 
here on Express FM earlier today. Caught up with the Baffins Milton Rovers boss earlier this morning. Paul Marsh, delighted to be joined by Baffins Milton Rovers manager Danny Thompson on a Zoom call. Uh, Tomo, you've done quite well of late. You know, we, we spoke probably about a month ago and said obviously you didn't have a great start to the season. It has been very, very good of late, hasn't it? Yeah, I can't complain. Uh, December's been, you know, a great month for us. You know, we started off the, the month going away to, to Bemerton and at the time they were second in the league and, you know, to come away from there disappointed with only picking up a point just shows, you know, how far we've come as, as a group. Um, then we went off to Portland, which is never an easy place to go at the best of times. Um, you know, come away from there with a, with a decent victory, backed it up with another victory at home at Cowes and then obviously you know, picked up another three points at home against Bournemouth yesterday. So that's three, three wins and a draw. Um, you know, yeah, we're looking, we're looking strong at the minute. Very, very good. So up into seventh place in the league, which, uh, you know, is, is quite an achievement with, with like, you know, the start that you made. Um, obviously, going into 2023, looking quite strong. But let, let's talk about the game yesterday. Obviously, um, for any neutrals watching, I don't imagine it was the best of first halves. No, you know... It, Pretty similar to Cows, really. I mean, it's a compliment to our lads. You know, teams are coming in now and, you know, uh, Bournemouth strung five across the back yesterday, made it really, really compact and really difficult for us to break them down. But, you know, we stayed patient as we did against the Cows game, you know, and eventually our quality shone through. We managed to make the breakthrough in the second half. And, you know, once we got that first goal, um, they opened up a little bit, obviously, to try and get themselves back in the game. You know, and as I say, with with the forward players we've got, you know, we're, we're good enough to punish any team, really. You do you do look very good going forward. Four goals yesterday. Four, was it four different scorers, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, mate, yeah. Yeah, so that's looking very, very good going forward. Is that something you've been working on in, in training? Yeah, we have. You know, we've got players all over the park. I mean, um, there's goals everywhere. You know, Tom Vincent's banging form at the minute. Jason Parrish scores goals. Miles Everett. Um, you know, Steve Ramsey has, has come up with a couple. Joe Johnson come off the bench and scored a, a great goal yesterday. You know, we've got Kelvin Robinson on the bench. I can't can't get into the team at the minute. Uh, Charlie Oakwell, another one. So, you know, scoring goals isn't isn't a problem. Um, you know, we've been pretty solid at the back, to be fair, since Tyler Giddens come in. And him and Ed Sanders, the two centre-halves, have been absolutely, absolutely superb. Um you know, it was disappointing not to keep a clean sheet. Um, I mean, I thought the penalty was quite soft, but, you know, God knows I've lost count of how many penalties we've given away this season. It's something that we uh, we need to look into, really, because, um, as I say, you know, we, we should have kept a clean sheet yesterday. It's disappointing. But most important thing is we uh, got the three points and um, keeps that unbeaten run going. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, sitting seventh in the table, looking very comfortable, looking very nice. Um, I want to talk about Steve Ramsey because you mentioned him there. Uh, obviously, heading back to Porchester. Um, how important has he been whilst he's been with Baffins? Yeah, you know, I've just just got off the phone to Simon from the news. Uh, he's he's a he's a massive been a massive influence, not not just on the pitch but off it as well. You know, to have someone of his experience, you know, we're quite a young group. Um, to, to have him around and since he's been in he's been absolutely different class you know since since the first game against Moneyfields and as I say you know it's, it is a massive loss that he's, that he's had to go back but I, I get it you know he wants to try and be part of something that Portugal are trying to achieve this season by winning the league you know and, and fair play to him you know I, I hope he manages to get you know get his way into the team and if it doesn't work out he, he knows he's always welcome back you know so um, it is a big loss but it's just one of them things you've got to get on with it. It's a position where, you know, we're not short of midfielders. Obviously, to lose someone of his quality is, is a bit of a blow. But, 
you know, it's just something that we, we knew eventually he would end up going back at some point. And, um, you know, it's just one of them things you've just got to get on with it. It's always good to maintain a good relationship between players and managers because you never know what's going to happen a little bit further down the road. Now, looking ahead after Christmas, obviously you, you've finished for Christmas now. So looking ahead to after Christmas, uh, you've got United Services on the 29th. Now, United Services have actually picked up a fair bit of form of late and are actually looking quite good. Yeah, you know, they had a fantastic result yesterday against Laverstock, you know, beating them 4-0. We went to Laverstock a few months back and, you know, they're not, they're a decent side. Um, you know, it's a game where we were 2-0 up and we chucked away a lead um, and come away with a point in the end. But, you know, they're a decent side. And as you say, you know, United Services ain't going to be easy, an easy game. It's a local derby. You know, we're at home, we've got home advantage. But at this moment in time, you know, we're not afraid of playing anyone, whether it be a Portugal or indeed the United Services you know, with the four we're in, um, you know, I'm, I'm confident that we can get the job done and hopefully finish off the year with a decent, you know, decent finish. Um, another three points. I think that'll give us 13 points if we can get get a victory against United Services in, in, you know, throughout this month, which is a great return, really, with the games that we've had and it set us up nicely for the start of the year where I think we go to Pagham on the third. So, um, yeah, but we know it's not going to be easy. Um, you know, they'll be bang up for it and, um, you know, hopefully we can get the job done and get another three points on the board. Have you got something in mind for the end of the season? Have you got a position in mind or, you know, I'm not sure if you're in any of the cups still? Yeah, we're still in the Wessex League Cup. We've got Stoneham in that, um, which is a tough game away at their place. I don't think they've lost a home game yet this season. And we've no. got um, we've got Limington in the Hampshire Senior Cup still at our place. But, you know, I've said to the lads, I think um, I only had Jason Parrish and Ed Sanders were the only two players that I had left from last year's squad. So we've had to literally rebuild from from, from back to front, um, you know. And I believe for the squad of players that I've I've brought into the club and that we've you know what we've got, I think we're good enough to finish in the top six, you know. And if we can achieve that this season, it'd be an amazing achievement, um, you know. And, and as I say, with the squad of players we've got, there's no reason why. Well, we can't achieve that. Um, and then if I can keep the group together and maybe add two or three for next season, you know, Portchester are more than likely going to get promoted and win the league. If Horn Dean get out of the league via the, via the playoff, then, you know, I think the league's wide open next year and, you know, we'll have every chance of, of, of you know, competing for, for with the title next year, I believe. Danny Thompson speaking to Paul Marsh earlier today after Baffins Milton Rovers victory at the weekend then. And of course, yesterday afternoon, we had the very final game of the FIFA World Cup. And what a match it was as well at the Lusau Stadium between France and Argentina. Argentina taking a 2-0 lead at half-time. France bringing it back in the second half, uh, going to extra time. Two all after 90 minutes. And of course, uh, in after extra time, it ended three apiece. Lionel Messi, Kylian Mbappe, both former score sheet. Kylian Mbappe with a hat trick, the first World Cup final hat trick since 1966. Jeff Hurst um, with that one. Argentina winning on penalties. Lionel Messi's first ever um, World Cup title, probably um, the last as well after quite some time trying to get that title. Sam Macy, um, we, we thought we'd really ended our World Cup chat last week on the Football Hour when England were knocked out of the quarterfinal stage to the runners up um, France on Saturday 10 days ago but um, look after that incredible game yesterday afternoon it feel it feel criminal not to at least highlight it because for the world of football that was a great advert for it 
Oh yeah, what a game! It's probably the best, uh, the best final I've seen. I think it's yeah. Normally, World Cup finals are quite cagey and mm. sort of not many goals in it, but yeah, that that was brilliant. That, that first half, Argentina were were awesome. I think Di Maria was 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 was, was relatively underrated. It sort of got lost in the shuffle a bit with all the messy headlines. But um, but no, it was a, it was a really good game. Uh, France did well to get back into it. I felt a bit from Mbappe, obviously again a hat trick in a World Cup final and being on the losing mm. side. Awful. I can't. I can't even put myself in his shoes. But no, it's yeah, really good game. I think I'm just. I'm just happy for Lionel Messi to be honest. Oh I think yeah. It's, I think. I think every football fan is. 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 is sort of cements the fact for me that he is the best. Best to ever play the game. I don't feel sorry for Mbappe. I'm not going to lie, Sam. He had it four years. Ago. He had it four years ago, and he was laughing at England when they knocked us out. So yeah, no, I don't feel any remorse for for killing Mbappe. But yeah, what a game that was um, yesterday afternoon in the World Cup final. Argentina beating France on penalties after a thrilling three-all draw um, after extra time had to be mentioned. Just an incredible game to end what was a very good tournament as well on the pitch at least. Um, also, uh, not only Argentina winning yesterday afternoon, also a big game for the Pompey women, one-nil victors in the. Cup over Oxford United, who have had a great start to the season. Great win for them, Mark. Um, Summarise your thoughts on that one. A, a very good victory for Jay Sadler's side. Well, first of all, we were talking about how how ridiculous it is that the National Cup competition for the mm. ladies was on at the same time as the FIFA World Cup final. Um, and Jay was spitting about that. But you know him better than I do. The guy's full of ambition. Um, I'm absolutely chuffed to bits for them. What was interesting is it was, of course, a set piece, something the men can't do, from Danielle Rose Cross <laughs> and Jasmine Younger uh, trotting forward from defence and, uh, and, and meeting it head on. Uh, wonderful goal, really, really tight game. Chuffed to bits for them. And, and I think it's right... That that Pompey are investing that two million in the pitch so that the girls can play at Fratton Park as mm. well as the lads. Um, and and I think they're only going to get stronger and stronger. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Fantastic win for Jay Sadler's side, of course. Um, you can hear more from Jay Sadler on Pompey Live when we take on Exeter on Boxing Day. 1-0 victors uh, for them yesterday afternoon over Oxford United in the FA Women's National League Cup. They had been unbeaten towards the start of the season. Not anymore. Great advert for the women's game for the Pompey women yesterday afternoon at Wesley Park. Thank you very much to both Sam and Mark for joining us on the Football Hour this evening. Uh, first of all, Sam Macy, thank you very much. Uh, have, a, have a great week and also we're not going to hear from you now until after Christmas and probably the New Year. So have a great Christmas and enjoy your festive period, my friend. You too. And you as well, Mark. Have a good Christmas, you guys. Cheers, guys. Happy Christmas. Yeah, likewise to yourself, Mark. Thank you very much for coming on. I will see you in the press box at Fratton Park, I assume, for the game against Ipswich a week on Wednesday. Yeah, I think we're going to win the next three or four now. <laughs> it's a big change. They're going to react well. Oh, we can only hope so, Mark. We can only hope so. That would be a, a very nice late Christmas present for Pompey fans out there. But yes, of course, uh, Pompey's next game on Boxing Day. They take on Exeter City. I will be back uh, on a change of schedule this Thursday from 6 o'clock to preview that Boxing Day clash. And then I will be back next Tuesday to preview the home visit of Ipswich Town to Fratton Park. And then we return back to normal from Friday the 30th of December onwards. So, two more Pompey fans on with me from Thursday for the next edition of the Football Hour. Coming up next is the Stoff Rock Show with Jeff and Aid. You can win uh, in the Advent Giveaway tomorrow morning from 8 o'clock with Ian James. You can join him for the next edition of Express Breakfast. But until Thursday, Pompey fans, thank you for joining us. Have a great week and play at Pompey. Good night.